Hallelujah to God. Hallelujah to God. Praise His holy name. Don't you feel the sweetness of the Lord Jesus here today? Oh, praise God. God is good. Amen. If you have a smartphone and you want to follow along with us in our study today, I'll go ahead and get that going. The directions are on the screen now of how to access the YouVersion Bible app. If you have already downloaded that app, you can access it and open it up. And it's a little brown Bible. I found mine. Lower right-hand corner, press the more button. And, uh, well, do you love the Bible app? Okay, yes. And uh, no thanks. I'll evaluate it later. More button. Halfway down, events. And then select the second one today is the Cassaview Assembly of God. Amen. Select that one. And you'll find all of today's uh, uh, slideshow information. You can follow along with us. It'll be on there about a week. And it changes out to the newest version after that. Amen. Well, God is good. Amen. All the time. That's right. And all the time, God is good. Amen. In your bulletin today, go ahead and pull out the Bible uh, sermon notes outline. And today is part three. We were going to finish this last week, but the Lord had uh, something else in mind for us. And we just kind of got uh, touch base with what we were going to cover. And so we'll get back into this in just a moment. I'd like to begin with just a little bit of humor. I heard about this archaeologist in New York. And this archaeologist in New York dug down 10 feet. And he found traces of copper wiring that dated back 100 years. And so this New York archaeologist, he determined, he concluded that New Yorkers must have had a telephone network over a hundred years ago. Well, not to be outdone, a Californian, an archaeologist from California dug down 20 feet, and he found traces of copper wiring dating back 200 years. And so he concluded that Californians must have had a massive communication network a hundred years earlier than New Yorkers had. Well, that's very interesting. Not to be outdone. Bubba from Texas <laughs> dug down 30 feet on his family farm and found absolutely nothing. And so Bubba concluded that 300 years ago, Texans had already gone wireless. <laughs> Amen. Praise God. Thank you, sir. Okay. Yes, thank you. Amen. I've been reminded that we do have a fall festival today. Amen. And so 6 o'clock, and uh, bring uh, kids and, and uh, those if, who, if you'd like to come, yeah, I guess adults are welcome too. It'll be in the, I believe that they've moved it inside because of the weather. And uh, it'll be in the fellowship hall in that area. So invite your friends to come. 6 o'clock, fall festival. Praise God. That's exciting. I knew there was one announcement I forgot to, to cover. And I've been reminded of it now. Amen. Praise God. We've already gone wireless. Amen. Our theme for this year is walking with God. And we've been walking with God all along. And it's not something you just do one time. I mean, it's a lifestyle. You're going to walk with God every day. 
And uh, as our example of how to do that, we've looked for people in the Bible and we found a great example. This person was called a friend of God. And if you're going to be a friend of God, let me tell you, that's a great example of how to walk with God. And we're talking about Abraham. Abraham was called a friend of God. And in the will of God, in the plan of God, as Abraham journeyed with God day by day, the Lord one day decided he would test his friend. He would test Abraham. And in Genesis chapter 22, this is our text, and it came to pass after these things that God tested Abraham. And this test was so significant that it's recorded in the great faith chapter of the Bible in Hebrews chapter 11. And it declares it was by faith that Abraham offered Isaac as a sacrifice when God was testing him. Abraham, who had received God's promise, was ready to sacrifice his only son Isaac, even though God had told him, Isaac is the son through whom your descendants will be counted. Abraham reasoned that if Isaac died, God was able to bring him back to life again. Amen. Now, Abraham did not understand why his faith in the promise that God had given him was being tested. And uh, have you ever wondered why things are happening the way they are in your life? Sometimes it feels like it's a struggle to get out of bed and and come to church. I mean, for some, they're still in bed. Amen. It's been quite a struggle. Amen. And so, have you ever wondered why that you go through some of the stuff you go through, and, and the one thing that matters most in your, in your life is, is, Lord, you're asking for that? You're asking me to give you that? That's exactly what happened in Abraham's life. And so this message today is actually a continuation, it's part three of the message we began a few weeks ago, walking with God when your faith is tested, and I believe today we'll be able to finish this particular message. And uh, let's review, just for just a couple minutes, let's review and bring you up to speed with what we've covered thus far. First we begin talking about the fact that walking with God is not a one-time deal. Hello? It's a lifestyle. It's what I call a, a journey or a process. It's not just a one-time definition, uh, destination. It's not a one-time deal. You prayed a prayer and you've accepted the Lord and, and that's the last time you talked to the Lord. No, 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 no. There's more to it than that. Amen. You and I have to come to the place that God can trust us. And... It requires testing. It requires testing. We say, well, why is that? Well, God needs to know that He can trust us. Our text is, after these things, God tested Abraham. Well, what was the test? Well, the test was, take your son, your only son Isaac, whom you love, and go to the land of Moriah and offer him there as a burnt offering on one of the mountains, which I will tell you about and because Abraham obeyed the Lord, he went to the mountain and he went up and he was ready to sacrifice his son simply because the Lord told him to. And the Lord stopped him from doing that. And then the Lord said, for now I know that you fear God, since you have not withheld your son, your only son from me. 
We'll come back to this text in a few moments and unpack a few things, but sometimes we don't understand why we're going through what we're going through. But could it be that in the plan of God, the purpose of God, this is a test? This is a test to see how you're going to respond. Are you going to keep trusting God? Are you going to keep obeying God? Are you going to keep walking with God? Are you going to give up? Are you going to get mad at God? Are you going to get angry at God? How are you going to respond? And this is a test, I believe, many times to demonstrate to the Lord the genuineness of our faith. Now, when we think of God, let me tell you, God is faithful. And it should be easy for anyone to trust God. But trusting God is not the test. The real test is can God trust us? That's the test. And so what we said thus far is that walking with God is not a destination. It's not a one-time deal. It's not an end event. Rather, it's a journey. It's a process. And in this process, we are becoming more like God. We're being developed in our lives. And that will bring times of testing of our faith. Our text, it said, now it came to pass, after these things, God tested Abraham. Now, the testing really is like a refining process. And it is to remove the doubt from our life. To remove the unbelief from our life. So that anything that is impure will be removed and what's left will be genuine faith, pure faith in God. And so this refining is a process. And as such, it's not an instantaneous thing, but it's rather a long, it takes a lot of time for us to become and develop the nature that God wants to develop in us and for His purpose to be fulfilled in our lives. And so it says in our text, it came to pass after these things. What, what does that mean, after these things? Well, remember, Abraham had been journeying with God, walking with God, following God for about 40 years. So for 40 years now, God's been working on his nature, working on his character, and, and, and developing a friendship relationship with him so that he could fulfill his purpose in his life. The purpose of God was not so much what Abraham did, as much as it was who Abraham became. Because the purpose of God is a process of development, a refining process in our lives. A lot of times we're interested in doing the will of God. Lord, what is it you want me to do? And that's a, that's a valid thing, but quite honestly, the Lord is much more interested in us becoming than He is in us doing our focus should be on becoming a godly woman, becoming a godly man. And not just focus on doing godly things. Because I believe that if we will focus on becoming a godly person, reading the word, praying, having a devotional life, walking with God, making sure that we are growing spiritually, if we will become a godly person, then we will do godly things. It's a byproduct of becoming. And so... The problem is, is that we send people to Bible college to learn to do, and yet they don't have a prayer life, they don't read the Word, they, you know, some of them don't, and we graduate them and put them out there, maybe even on the mission field, and they don't even know the Word of God. They don't even have a devotion life. 
And they're trying to learn to do it. And we're discovering is that we have, we have a gap that we focused on doing and not becoming. And what we need to do is go back to square one and focus on becoming a godly person. Amen. And we're discovering it too late. And so at a missions conference recently in India, one of the leaders was, uh, there was about 30 pastors that came over about two weeks ago to India. And one of the things they asked, they said, well, what can we do to help you? And he said, do you want me to tell you the truth? And, uh, and uh, so uh, the pastor said, yes, tell us the truth. He said, you're sending us missionary candidates that have never read through the Bible one time in their life. They don't have a devotion life. And we're having to teach them the basics of how to become a godly person before we put them out here in godly ministry. Well, friends, why don't we go back to square ones ourselves? And let's just make sure that we are becoming a godly person every day because we're walking with God. It's a priority in our lives. And we want to become before we begin to do. Well, I've chased a rabbit here. I didn't mean to do that. Praise God. Let's move on. Another thing that we've studied. This is just review. Walking with God means pursuing God's person. What is that about? I mean having a relationship with Him. Getting to know Him. Getting to know who He is. His character and His nature. Notice it says that God... Test, uh, we, we must understand His ways and not just His acts. Why? Because it's about Him. When we finally begin to understand the Lord's ways, then you, it eliminates the necessity of always having to see something, see a miracle, see something over here happen all the time to be sure that God is there. You know He's there. If you know Him, you know His character, you know His nature. So learning, when we finally understand the Lord's ways, will not be discouraged when we have adverse circumstances, when it all looks hopeless, when it looks dark, when it looks bleak. Gloom and despair and agony upon me. If it weren't for bad luck, I'd have no luck at all. And, you know, Junior Samples, he used to sing that every once in a while. And so, you young people, you don't even know what I'm talking about. But the point is, is that when we, when we finally understand the Lord, and we, you can have confidence in God, then regardless of the circumstance, God hasn't changed. He's still faithful. He'll continue to be faithful in your lives. And so learning the Lord's ways, His character, is much more important than seeing His deeds. And it says in Psalms 103, He made known His ways to Moses. His character, He revealed His character to Moses, but only His deeds or His acts to the people of Israel. And ultimately, that's where Abraham was in his walk with God. He had spent... Forty years of growth, walking with God, obeying God, developing an understanding of God's nature and God's character as he followed and pursued in obedience the, the Lord's commands. And friends, that's the Lord's purpose for us. When we come to the place in our walk, we must get to the point in our lives where we believe God so completely that we follow God and His directions even when we don't understand what He's doing in our lives. Have you ever been there when you didn't understand what God was going to do in your life? Amen. Well, stick around a little longer and, and you will if you hadn't figured it out yet. Amen. But we have to get to the point that we're trusting God even when we've applied and we've prayed and it hasn't come through yet and we're still waiting and we're believing. 
Keep trusting God. You have to get to that point in your walk with God where you are totally in touch with His nature and His ways. Amen. And I mentioned before that His purpose is threefold. Number one is that we are to to develop a total receptivity to doing His will, a total abandonment to His ways, and a total readiness to do whatever His Word and His wisdom directs us to do. And when we get to that point... When we get to that point that we're totally trusting God, we're totally abandoned to His ways. When we get to that point in our walk of faith, I want you to know this, that you and I are finally right where He wants us to be. Exactly where He wants us to be. And at that point, you can just put your trust and faith in Him and keep on trusting Him and know this, He will never abandon you. He will never fail you. Amen. Lo, I'm with you always, even to the end of the age. Amen. The Lord is with you. Praise God. And we were talking last time about how that reliance upon self and the desire of God's heart is to bring us to the place where we will never again doubt His character, never again doubt His nature. The issue is not can we trust Him. The issue is can He trust us. Now we were talking about this last time, how that we rely on self And intimacy with God is the key. And it tests our reliance on self. And it says in this passage, it said, Now it came to pass after these things, God tested Abraham. And God said to Abraham, notice what he said. He said, Abraham, hey, hey boy, Abraham. And Abraham replied and he said, Yes, Lord, here here I am, Lord, here I am, I'm listening. And from that, we gained two things. Number one, the Lord knew who he was because he called him by name. And the Lord knows who you are. Hello. He, he knows your name. Amen. And how Abraham responded, I believe, is a way that we should respond. And notice his response is one of recognition. He recognized the voice that was talking to him. And he said, yes, Lord, I'm here. I, I'm ready. I'm listening, Lord. What, what do you want to say to me now? And I shared last time the story of when Catherine, my daughter, was 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 three, and Parker, he was probably three months of age, and we had gone to the mall, in Gal- the Galleria Mall in Houston. And the elevators, we wanted to ride those, and so I got into the elevator with Parker and a baby bag, and the door shut behind me, and Catherine was in the hall of the mall. And people, it's after Christmas, and they're crumming by, cramming by, and there's the roar of voices is going on. And all I could do was say, Catherine, as the door shut, I'll be right back. Stay here, babe. Stay here. I yelled it. And the elevator shot up. I didn't even push a button. It shot up. And floor three is when I'm pressing every button by then. And finally, three floors up, it stops. And there's atriums. You can look down to that first floor. You can't see where the elevators are. And I'm yelling. There's a roar of noise, but I'm yelling and I'm saying, Catherine, Catherine, stay there. I'm coming, baby. Stay there. Don't leave. Daddy's coming. And eventually I come back to the elevator and and we go down and the door opens and she's standing right there. And a lady is there. I believe it was an angel of God. And I asked her, I said, was she scared? Was she frightened? She said, oh, no, no, she was fine. Said every once in a while she would say, that's my daddy's voice. He said, don't leave, stay right there. I'm coming for you. Amen. Abraham heard a voice and he recognized whose voice it was and said, that's my daddy's voice. 
I and we have to be at that point in our lives where we recognize the voice of God. Because we've been in relationship with Him. We've been communing with Him. We've been fellowshipping with Him. We've been walking with Him all along the way. Praise God. Now that's where we ended last time in part two. Let's go to part three. And I said it's imperative that we have an ongoing relationship with God, lest when He speaks, we will not be able to recognize His voice. Let me tell you, God speaks to us in a lot of different ways. And if you are waiting for an audible voice, Yea, I say unto thee from heaven, you're going to be waiting a long time. Because normally God doesn't speak to us that way. Now He can. It's very rare that He does that anymore. He has given us a precious book. And it is a God-breathed book. It is inspired by the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit inspired men of God to write. And they wrote the history of how God worked. And that's the Old Testament. And then he, they wrote about the life of Jesus. That's the New Testament. And then they wrote about what's going to happen in the future. That's toward the end of your Bible. And the development of the church. And, and so it's, it's available for us. And, and God speaks to us because it's a living word. And, and the word will come alive in your heart as you read it, as you hear the word. Even as a, a preacher, a minister will preach the word of God. God, proclaim the word of God, you can hear God speak to your spirit man. Amen. If you will listen. He that hath an ear to hear, let him hear. Let him hear what the Spirit is saying to your spirit. And so the Lord speaks to us in a variety of ways. And oftentimes the Lord will speak to me if I'm dealing with an issue and I prayed and I can't sleep. And I'll, I'll go and lay down in my lazy boy recliner in the living room. And I'm not sleeping. I'm just laying there in the middle of the night. And oftentimes the Lord will bring the revelation of the solution to my mind. He will speak into my mind. Amen. Exactly how to handle that situation. Amen. There have been a few times when I've been doing projects, electrical projects or plumbing projects or automobile repair projects. And I really didn't know. I was way over my head in those things. And I get to a point where I can't do something. And I just pause and I ask the Holy Spirit to help me. Holy Spirit, help me. Give me wisdom. Give me knowledge. And I'll just wait, wait. And sure enough, it'll come to my mind exactly what to do. And I would have never thought of that in a million years. But it's the revelation of hearing His voice. Praise God. He puts thoughts in your mind. Now you have to be have some discernment to know, is that God or is that too much pizza I ate last night? Amen. <laughs> Praise God. And if some weird thought comes to your mind, you need to run that by some godly people and let them discern whether that's really God or not. That's, that's just Well, anyway, the point is, God speaks to us in a variety of ways. And so, primarily through the Word. Praise God. Now, notice the text said, Take your son, your only son, Isaac, whom you love, and go to the land of Moriah... And offering there as a burnt sacrifice. And then he said to, on one of the mountains that I will show you. Now, sometimes God's will and God's purpose is very difficult for us. I call it a hard time, a hard thing to understand. It staggers our mind. And no doubt, this test that Abraham was being asked to do stunned him. It shocked him. It wasn't on the radar 
that God would ever ask him to do this. And so he had a choice to make. I can only imagine what was going on in Abraham's mind at the time when God said, Take your son Isaac, the son of promise, the one you've been waiting for. You're a hundred years old when he was born. It's a miracle child. Take this son. Now go offer him to me as a sacrifice, a burnt on this mountain I'm going to show you. I can just imagine. And no doubt Abraham thought, you, you know, God, are you sure? Have you made a mistake here, Lord? And you don't understand. This is Isaac. This is the promise that you gave me that said all of my descendants are going to be multiplied through Isaac. And this is the son that I love the most. And now you want me to do what? You want me to do what, Lord? You want me to take him to what mountain and do what? I don't imagine that Abraham got much sleep that night. Hello? You ever had a sleepless night? Absolutely. And you're pondering what God is doing. Now observe this. No, observe how that Abraham responded to that difficulty, that hard thing that he was being tested in. And notice, first of all, he didn't question God. He didn't argue with God because he recognized his voice. He knew that it was God that was speaking to him. Instead, he chose, well, you know what, God? You know things I don't know. I'm just going to follow you. I'm going to obey you. And notice also that he didn't delay his obedience. Scripture says that the next day he arose early. He didn't sleep in. Abraham rose early in the morning. Saddled his donkey. Took two of his young men with him. And Isaac his son. And he split the wood for the burnt offering. And he arose and went to the place which the Lord told him. Now on the third day... Abraham lifted his eyes, and in the distance, afar off, he saw the mountain range. Moriah is a range of mountains. And so the Lord said, go to the land of Moriah, and I will show you. And so he saw in a distance, so he still probably had another day's journey. It's probably a four-day journey until he gets up to the edge of that mountain. And so there he is, and notice scripture says, he lifted his eyes. Well, what's that about? Lift your eyes. He lifted his eyes does not mean that he pulled his eyeballs out of sockets and held them up to God. That's not what it means. It's just another way of saying that he was going along and he lifted his eyes. He looked up and he saw in the distance this mountain range. And he lifted his head. And I can just picture now, for three days now, he has journeyed to the land of the mountain range of Moriah. And he's been walking basically with his head down. And he's pondering and he's thinking, I, I wonder what God is doing. Why would he, you know, and I don't know why. Why me, Lord? You ever ask God why? Sure you have. God, didn't you tell me that through Isaac, this promised child, that, that all of my descendants are going to come from him and it's going to be as many of the stars of the sky and the sand of the sea? And, and, but if he's dead, Lord, how can this happen? And observe also that he did not stop along the way at McDonald's or Burger King or where Wendy's or even on Chick-fil-A. I mean, he kept going. 
He continued the journey. He kept putting one foot in front of the other foot. And he kept moving toward the direction God was calling him. And and no doubt his thoughts were locked in confusion. Trying to discern the will and purpose of God in this matter. And friends, I want to be honest with you. There will be times of confusion in your life. There will be times when you don't know, you don't understand why you're there, what God is doing in your life, and you're wondering what in the world is happening. And, and at that time, I want you to think, well, you know, wasn't there a, a lesson that Pastor talked about this at one time, and he talked about a guy in the Bible that had a test and he didn't know what to do, and maybe I can go back and learn something from his life. Let the example of Abraham's pathway of following God's will help us to keep moving one step at a time even when you can't understand and don't understand what's going on through the tears, through the hard times that you're going through. And there may be times when we, like Abraham, we find ourselves walking along downcast and depressed and wondering and meditating, trying to reason things out. In those times, don't stop. Don't hibernate. Don't percolate. You keep walking. You keep walking. You keep on being faithful. You keep on coming to church. Hello. You keep on reading your word. You keep on praying. You just keep on keeping on. Because he did not delay. He continued in the journey that he was going. So Abraham obeyed even when he didn't understand. He remained faithful. I want you to settle it in your souls right now. God has a plan. He has a purpose for all of our lives. I believe that. And the only pathway to fulfilling that plan and that purpose comes through obedience. Obedience. Being faithful to the Lord. Also, remember that Abraham had to follow God's directions. For he did not know specifically where he was going. You say, well, didn't he tell him to go to the mountain range of Moriah? Yes. But he did not have a cell phone. He did not have a GPS on his cell phone. To tell him exactly where he was going. Amen. And so he needed some direction. And notice, uh, the scripture says, he said, Take now your son, your only son Isaac, whom you love, and go to the land of Moriah, and offer him there as a burnt offering. On Notice what he said, on one of the mountains, plural. Hence, there was more than just one mountain. There were mountains in this mountain range. And notice how he would know which mountain of the mountains that were there that he would go to. Because the Lord said, I will tell you which one it is. Are you with me? Amen. Amen. It's important for us to understand that. Praise God. And so there are times when we don't know. We don't understand exactly where we're going. But all that we know is God is directing us. God is leading us. God is guiding us to go to a mountaintop experience. And He will show us what to do. So Abram prepared himself to climb a mountain. Well, he couldn't have known it at the time. 
But he would be leading his only son, his living son with him at that time, Isaac, to the same place where one day the living God, Father God himself, would lead his only begotten son. Theologians and archaeologists have discussed this, and the best evidence that we have today is that the place for the sacrifice that Abraham was to take Isaac, his son, was very near, if not on, the very spot of Calvary. And isn't it amazing that God's purpose will always take us to Calvary? To the place of sacrifice. That's where He's going to reveal to us that His name is the Lord shall provide. Jehovah Jireh, the Lord our provider. Praise God. Here's the passage, and let's read in verse 9. Then they came to the place of which God had told him, and Abraham built an altar there, and placed the wood in order, and bound Isaac his son, and laid him upon the altar upon the wood. And Abraham stretched out his hand, and took the knife to slay his son. But the angel of the Lord called to him from heaven, and said, Abraham! Abraham! And he said, here, here I am, Lord. He said, do not lay your hand upon the lad or do anything to him. For now I know that you fear God, since you have not withheld your son, your only son, from me. Then Abraham lifted his eyes and he looked. And there behind him was a ram caught in the thicket by its horns. So Abraham went and took the ram and offered it up for a burnt offering instead of his son. And Abraham called the name of that place, the Lord will provide. And it is said to this day, in the mount of the Lord it shall be provided. Will you read that last phrase with me, congregation? In the mount of the Lord it shall be provided. One more time. In the mount of the Lord it shall be provided. Every believer is going to be tested at one time or another. And in those times, it will be difficult, and you, like Abraham, will find yourself head down, pondering, questioning, living in depression, dealing with anxiety, and you're worried about it. Hallelujah. But friends, the answer to your dilemma is on a mount. It's on a mountaintop, and it's called Calvary. Calvary. Amen. And you can lift up your head and lift up your eyes to Calvary and you can find release on Calvary. We sing an old hymn at Calvary. Remember that song? Mercy there was great and grace was what? Free. Pardon there was multiplied to me. Amen. 
There my burdened soul found victory. Where? At Calvary. Oh, praise God. Are you thankful for Calvary? Well, let's praise God for Calvary. Amen. Now observe, as I bring this message toward a close, I'm not closing yet, I probably need to. But observe what Abraham said before he went up on the mountain. It's important for us to understand that. And before I get that, you may not know why you're going through, what you're going through, but your answer is found at a mountain called Calvary. Now notice the confession of what he said before he went up the mountain in verse 5. Abraham said to the young men that were with him, Stay here with the donkey. The lad and I will go yonder and worship. And notice what it said. He didn't say, I will come back. He said, we will come back to you. Oh, praise God. So Abram took the wood and the burnt offering and laid it on Isaac, his son. And he took the fire in his hand and some kind of container, no doubt. He had that the fire and he took a knife to slay uh, the, the victim. And, and the two of them went together. But Isaac, his son, asked his daddy, asked Abraham, his father, and said, my, my father, he said, I think we forgot something. Hello? He said, well, well here I am, son. He said, well, hey, look, you, you got the fire. Yeah, check. He said, you got the wood. I'm carrying the wood. He said, but uh, daddy, where is the lamb? And notice what Abraham says. He said, God will provide for a burnt offering. God will provide he had told the men at the bottom of the, of the hill, he said, we will come back to you. And on the way up, he said, God will provide. And the two of them went together. Praise the Lord. He didn't know how. He didn't know why he was even there. All he knew was who told him to go. Hello? And that made all the difference in the world. Why? Because he knew his ways. He knew his character. He knew his nature. He knew that God would not abandon him. He knew that God was the source of all things. He is almighty God. El Shaddai. I've recognized his voice and he told me to go. Friends, you may not know how. And you may not know why. But all you need to know is what? Who. Who he is. It makes all the difference in the world. Oh, praise God. Hallelujah. In the great faith chapter, Abraham reasoned that if Isaac died, God was able to bring him back to life again. Oh, wow. And in a sense, Abraham did receive his son back from the dead. I've wondered about that last phrase. What's that talking about? I believe it may reference the time when Abraham was a hundred years old and his wife was 90 years old and you look at their bodies and their womb and their reproductive organs and basically they were dead in that area and God brought a son to life from death and his reasoning is this, if God did it once, hello, he can do it again, amen, amen. well praise God, hallelujah. You may not know how it's going to work out. You may not understand why you're going through this test or trial. But if you know who He is, that's directing your steps. You don't have to worry. You don't have to fret. Because He's the Lord that does not change. 
If he did it once, he can do it again. His name is still the Lord will provide. Jehovah Jireh, the Lord our provider. And because Abraham knew who the Lord was, in faith he said, we will come back to you. In faith he said, God will provide the lamb. Amen. Knowing the Lord will make a difference in what you say. Hello. It will make a difference in what you say. If you just know about God in your relationship, you're going to have a very weak confession. But if you know God, you know his, how faithful He is. You know that He is the Almighty, that He can do anything. Then your faith confession is much greater, is much stronger. Your confidence level in God will be greater because you know Him. Intimately, you know Him. Friends, that's the key. That's the key for us. We have to have a relationship with God. Now, notice also, as I'm getting ready to close even closer now, what does that mean? It means absolutely nothing. No, it does mean something. Notice the result that came upon Abraham because he did not withhold his only son from God that God was asking him to do. That in because of his obedience, God bestowed blessings upon him. And God asked that for that which he loved the most, his son. The most valuable thing he possessed. And you know, it's not an easy thing to give up that which you, you long for and you love the most. When the Lord asks of you to give up the thing that you love the most, it's not going to be an easy thing for you or me either. And some of you know what I'm talking about. Amen. I'm going to invite the musicians to go ahead and come and singers at this time. And let me ask you this question. The Lord is asking each of us to bring our Isaac to an altar of sacrifice. You say, well, I'm confused, Pastor. Well, my question is, what is your Isaac? What is the thing that you love the most? Hello? What is it that you love more than anything else? For some, it may be their work. For others, it may be money. For others, it may be a relationship that they love the most. You know, or your time or your talent. Only you can know for sure what your Isaac is. But whatever it is that God is asking you for, the question is, whatever it is, are you willing to lay it down and give it to the Lord? Lord, I give you my life. Lord, I give you my relationship. Lord, I give you my vocation. I give you everything. Lord, I'm willing to, to offer it to you. Whatever you want, Lord. Amen. Are you willing to allow it to be bathed in the fires of sacrifice? You know, sometimes the Lord will give us back what we offered, as He did with Abraham, and sometimes He won't. If it's wood, hay, or stubble, it's going to be burned up in the fire of sacrifice. But if it's gold and it's pure, it'll just be refined. Oh, and it'll be better than it ever was before. Amen. And when you and I have laid our desires upon the altar and allow God to deal with them as He will, then you'll see the blessings of God come to pass in your life. And God will say what He said to Abraham, Now I know. I can trust Him. Now I know I can trust Him. Friends, by not withholding from God, Abraham received a blessing. And not only was he blessed and his family blessed, but others were blessed as well. How many of you could use a blessing today? Anybody here would like, could use a blessing? Oh, amen, amen. Here's the blessing, and I'm going to close with this. In verse 16, he said, This is what the Lord says. 
Because you have obeyed me and not withheld even your son, your only son, I swear by my own name. Let me pause here for just a moment. When you go to court, you would have to put your hand on the Bible. They used to use the Bible. I don't know what they use now. And you raise your right hand. And you would swear or affirm that, uh, that you will give truthful testimony, so help you God. And you are swearing by God that you're going to do this. Well, who is God going to swear by? He, and he says, I swear by my own name. There isn't anything higher than me. I am Almighty God. And so because you have obeyed me, you've not withheld that which I asked from you. You brought that which you love the most and you laid it at the altar of sacrifice. I swear by my own name, Almighty God, that I will bless you. I will bless you. Woo, boy, that's powerful. Amen. I will multiply your descendants beyond number like the stars of the sky and the sand of the seashore. Your descendants will conquer cities of their enemies. And through your descendants, all the nations of the earth will be blessed all because you have obeyed me. Oh, praise God. That's awesome. Amen. And friends, I believe with all my heart, when we stop withholding from God, whatever it is that He is asking us to turn over to Him, is the very day that God will swear by His own name and command a blessing to come upon us. Oh, praise God. Well, I admonish you today to draw close to God and listen to His voice when He speaks to you, even through a sermon like this. He can be speaking to you. And lift up your eyes from your gloom and doom and despair and see a mountain that's called Calvary. Amen. Your solution is going to be on a mountain called Calvary. You may have been downcast at your circumstance, but if you'll look to Calvary... You can find Jehovah Jireh, your provider there. But first be willing to bring Isaac, whatever your Isaac is. It may be a hard thing. Whatever it is, you bring it to God and at the altar of sacrifice. And when you do, you're going to find Jehovah Jireh. Amen. You receive that message today? Praise God. Praise God. Stand with me, congregation. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Heavenly Father. Lord, I thank you, God, that you're dealing with each of us in it.